Welcome back to Martins and More. My name's Mari Rutsch. And I'm Spoon Phillips. And this episode's brought to you by... Uh, let's just say this might be the last episode that's brought to you by Mari's Music. Ooh. Ooh. What are we talking about today, Spoon? Has the shoe finally dropped? Is it on the way to drop? What's going on with the shoe? Well, you'll have to tell me. I mean, I already know. So, And I know there's a, a, a very small population of our listeners out there that know. So I will let you allow the cat to exit the bag, as it were. It's true, folks. Mari's music is for sale. Spoon, are you interested? What? Um, well, of course, I'm interested in the topic, but perhaps you can uh, elaborate on um, what this all means for all the fans of Mari's music. Mari's music is for sale, meaning you and Lori are retiring from the retail business of, of selling Martin and Blue Ridge guitars? That is exactly true. A little bit of a correction. What I meant was, are you interested in buying Maury's music? But I get the impression <laughs> you're not. Well, I have no idea what kind of price tag would be involved. But, um, well, I don't know if you and Laurie and Andrew came with it and you did all the work, I'd consider it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me run that up the flagpole. I'll get back to you. <laughs> so, okay, what is this really all about? Clearly, it's not April Fool's. What is actually happening uh, with Mari's music? Well, here's the deal. This, this is a really brand new idea. It's not anything we've talked about very much before this program started. As always, we're going to keep it conversational. And instead of Spoon and I exchanging more and more emails and texts and phone calls privately before bringing this to the, the podcast, I thought, well, let's just do it on the podcast. We're going to start getting a lot of customers asking for the details. And the details are are far from ironed out. The long and short of it is it's been 20 years and my wife Lori is a saint. She's been involved, you know, since day one as the willing helper. She's she's loved the opportunity for both of us to work together for ourselves, but never had an interest in music, never was chasing retail. And over the past four or five years, even more so, she's, you know, showing signs of let's let's not do this a lot longer. I've ended up over the past two years, finding that I'm, I'm growing tired of the literal customer service salesman part of this job. And at the same time, wishing I had a lot more time to do videos, social media, photography, uh, guitar pickups, installations, the hands-on inspections and playing of guitars, picking up guitars at Martin, doing all the things that I love to do, uh, the, the sales parts getting in the way. So the fast track to the way this episode is going to go. We're going to talk about the different ways this whole thing can end up happening based on if somebody just buys Maury's music or if somebody comes in and takes Maury's music over and keeps me on as the face. Maybe somebody would want to come in and become a partner and give all of the social media videos photography job to me and they take over everything else. So what I want to do before this goes too long is get outside and away from selling the guitars and just recording them, putting them on social media, photographing them, and, and doing that kind of thing. And honestly, Spoon, most of the people that have recognized what's going on have emailed me back channel to ask me, are you going to keep doing 
videos? Are you going to keep doing podcasts with Spoon? Are you going to keep coming to Martin Fest? They're, they're all worried about the things that I'm worried about too. That short answer is yes. But what's, what is your first impression? It's really your second impression because we've talked privately. And of course, you were one of the first four people that we, we told what was going on. What runs through your mind now knowing that it's our intention to transition out of selling guitars at Mari's Music, but keeping a lot of the, the things going that you and I both love? I was, of course, taken by surprise at the original mention of it. and um, But then you explained more the possible options available to you. And um, I guess the first thing that came out of my mouth was, gosh, <laughs> followed by several gollies. Um, Mm. And uh, you pulled the gym neighbors. <laughs> well, golly, this was a yeah, it was a surprise, and yet not a surprise. I know uh, that you've been at, at the uh, grindstone for a very long time and well aware of how many uh, hours in a day you both put in. And I remember the very first time I actually stayed over at your home and uh, came downstairs to get something from, you know, some bag or other that i had had and found you both at maybe two o'clock in the morning, literally in your bathrobes and pajamas, filling orders in boxes. This is before you had this, you know, before you had the store and we're working out of, uh, working out of your home as you were getting the business started. So, you know, 20 years is a very long time to do anything. And you've been the, as you call it, the face. You've definitely been the spokesmodel and, uh, you know, goodwill ambassador and uh, for, for Martin and Blue Ridge and your own business for a long time. Well, uh, Lori has chosen to remain, you know, more off camera and dealing with the uh, running the business side of things. Um, so you know it's been a long haul, and I'm uh, I'm impressed that you guys have decided to do this, and uh, and hoping you know, of course that that you will be able to maintain uh, your internet presence and uh, in you know uh, as much and more as a musician than as somebody who sells guitars. So I guess that's how I feel about it. I'm looking forward to learning more about it, as I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast. Well, it's been all these years and nobody ever helped us figure out how to become a store. So I guess it's way too late to ask anybody to help us how to stop becoming a store. We've done it our own way all this time and we never really did learn a lot of the proper etiquette. Maybe there are different ways. Maybe maybe going on a podcast and just being very frank about our opinions and intentions isn't the way to sell a business either, but uh, we're not going to start doing things by the book at this late hour. So it's one of those things that I, I really feel, whether I'm right or wrong, I suspect this is not going to happen in a few days or a few weeks. I've been told by some professionals this could take months. So let's get this thing figured out long before we're completely at our wits end, because if we tried to get out of this and we only have two or three more emotional days left in our, uh, and then we can't take it anymore, that's going to really be a mess. So it's probably going to happen that it's going to be over before I was ready to say goodbye to it. But that's, I'm sure that's what everybody thinks anyway. It's, it's an interesting thing because what I would love to do is somebody hear this podcast and call me and say, listen, I want to take over. Why don't you keep doing 
the Martin versus Martin? Why don't you keep playing with Marshall? Why don't you keep talking with Spoon? Why don't you keep going to Martin, get guitars? I'll handle everything else. So ironically, when I talked to Lori about that, uh, we joked, maybe we just need to hire a general manager and put all of the responsibility on someone else and stay in the background. But then it's still our name. I, I don't think we could have Mr. X come in here in January and take over the place. And it's still called Maury's Music, and I hide from everything. It's you, I don't necessarily know that you need, as a customer, I don't think you need to be able to talk to the owner day in and day out. But there are going to be times you really do need to talk to somebody very high up. And I don't want to stay in this position and just start uh, ignoring the responsibility. So what I'd like to do is just get out of the position altogether. It's an interesting way to look at it, but I wonder if anybody watching this on the YouTube version in the chat, do you have anybody close to you or do you know anyone in your life that went through something like this? Uh, let us know some examples. Maybe maybe some people listening have seen this kind of thing happen uh, at ground zero. Maybe Maybe you are a business owner or a future or past business owner. If this subject you know, interests you, please let us know what you're thinking and what you already know. We do have the business listed for sale on a couple of internet websites. If that doesn't find traction in a few months, we're going to go and look uh, further, maybe into some, our attorneys already involved, maybe some other professionals and brokers and that sort of thing would be the next step. I know you're not done hearing anything from Spoon and Mari in some capacity. Spoon, I don't know if, if you and I ever really got to talk about it, but there's got to be a way we can go from having this be an offshoot of Mari's music that basically funds the necessary website costs and what you have to pay every month just to have a podcast and have it found on search engines and have it hosted somewhere. Those fees, I would have to think in the worst case, we could get a sponsor or get some a Patreon program going where listener support can keep this podcast going weekly at not a profit, but it would you know pay for itself. I know you have some experience uh, doing some YouTube monetization, and onemans.com is your website. Can you bring any experience into this conversation on what it takes to actually spend the money to, to bring people videos and have a, a website be hosted? Well, yes, I have some experience with it. Uh, my entity, onemans.com, uh, is a, certainly a not-for-profit entity, and I do receive donations, and I do get some ad revenue from YouTube videos and it barely, if I'm lucky, covers the cost of having the website and um, making the videos. A lot of people never known that when I go to the Martin factory and I do the videos of the Martin models and when I've written reviews and, and articles about Martin and, and my uh, interviews with people at Martin, at no time was I ever in any official capacity connected to Martin. and. Uh, never received anything like monetary compensation or anything like that. Um, a couple of years ago, they asked if I would take a article I wrote and basically rewrite it so it could be an article on in their journal, their annual journal, journal and printed matter that they do. Um, that was the first time I ever was ever paid by Martin for doing anything of the kind, and that was followed up by writing a second article about an, you know another topic for another edition of the journal. But that's really been it, and um, so entirely nonprofit. The ads all add up to you know barely breaking even and probably not breaking even. It takes me 
to do a review of a Martin guitar that's coming out at NAM. Shoot, go to Martin, shoot the video, edit the video, you know, mix the sound, all that, not including the time it takes to go to Pennsylvania. It takes me about 25 hours per review. Wow. In terms of, uh, in terms of once I get home and mix the audio and sync the audio and make the video and write the review. It takes me with the research behind it and all that and email exchanges with people at Martin with questions and all that. I've never been able to get one done for less than 25 hours. So, it, you know, it's a lot of work and for the amount of money that my website shows and in donations <laughs> and, uh, and CD sales and uh, Google ad revenue, I am, you know, making pennies on the, you know, pennies an hour so. So it's entirely possible that you may have a bigger audience than I do and could possibly uh, turn some of these things into, like you said, Patreon. Um, I would certainly be willing to look into that with you and, you know, finding sponsorship of one type or another. Or we'll, you know, we will do it for the love of doing it. And maybe, just like in the case of onemans.com, uh, we might get enough in uh, patronage to uh, break even. Which you know, and if we didn't, it probably would at least help uh, assuage some of the costs. So I'm all in uh, with coming up with ideas of how we can keep talking online for anybody who's willing to listen. <laughs> I'm almost afraid there's going to be a Patreon movement to get us off the air, but don't do that to us because <laughs> we. Um, it's funny. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and many of them offer a free version, and then if you pay extra, if you Patreon, you know, a, a buck a month or four bucks a month. You get behind the scenes. If you pay even more, you get these extended edits or unedited episodes. Spoon, could you know anybody that you hate enough that you'd make them listen to an unedited version <laughs> of any of these programs? We should have a Patreon where you don't have to listen to the whole episode. You get the condensed, polished version because there's no, no. Don't sell, uh, don't sell yourself short. <laughs> uh, you know that reminds me. I got to come out and say. Uh, I've got to say, you had mentioned about you know not you know not having the proper etiquette, business etiquette, or whatever, however you place that. That I think is uh, completely misplaced criticism. I have you know I have well, seen the praise of your customer service over these two decades and the enormous amount of of affection that people have for uh, for you and and your business. So. So the, I think the fact that I've said this before that, you know, you and, and Laurie remind me of, you know, you're the closest thing to people, you know, a visit to Bedford Falls and It's a Wonderful Life than I've ever encountered anywhere. And um, in terms of your integrity and honesty and, and you know, and, and basic human decency and how you deal with people. And I think... Um, and maybe even your gullibility about other people's human nature, but uh, but you've certainly <laughs> learned a lot about that over the years. And uh, yeah, and um, and I think uh, <laughs> I think you have stand a very good chance of maintaining a uh, an audience for your future endeavors on online, even if you uh, you know shutter up your shop in terms of selling guitars. So, but go back and and let's go over. You had mentioned very quickly possible options to you of how you can step down as the president and first lady 
or in, or maybe we should say Madam President and First Gentleman. I'm not sure exactly yes, who's that. the runs. The, <laughs> that's probably more the case. Um, if you are going to step away, if Lori's really doesn't want to do this anymore and wants to find something else, has nothing else to do with retail, if that's part of this, and you're still interested in carrying on to a certain extent, but don't want to have it all on your shoulders of the, of the you know, owner and proprietor of this business. Um, so why don't you, let's explore each of those options. The first one being, you said you want to sell the business. So how do you imagine selling the business and having nothing to do with it if that's what's going to happen? Are you just talking about selling your inventory and 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 then to some other business? Is that an option without the words Maury's Music being publicly involved anymore? Well, it's sort of the reverse of that, but that's that puts that into its own category. If somebody wanted to simply buy our inventory, that's one way to do it. The way we're selling the business, ironically, is the business itself and the goodwill and the website, but not the building, not the structures, and not the inventory. And somebody would just simply be buying the name that we've built up and the goodwill. And, and when people search for the items we sell, and, and we really do feel like we've earned over the years uh, to be in the conversation of who would you trust with your business buying long distance, that's what we're selling. And that would give us the flexibility to sell that alone and then keep the inventory because what's going to happen, and I, I don't mean to get into a tangent too quickly, but right now in, at the uh, early part of November, some people are already asking me, what's going on? I have a guitar in order with you. It's not going to be done until March. Martin is going to allow us to connect that customer with that guitar when it is ready. Even if our store is not open, even if the store is gone physically, uh, Martin will either ship the guitar to me or that would be a first because I, I'm going to go pick it up and then I will actually inspect it and send it off to its buyer. So one thing we can do is sell only the inventory like you asked and still have the business for sale and we can double dip or we can sell just the website and the business and someone can start trading as Mari's Music and enjoy all of our, I forget how many customers we have, the customer list and the website and the reputation but if they want to bring their own inventory into it, they wouldn't own ours automatically. The other thing is, I would have to imagine some buyers are going to want to buy us because of our existing inventory is so big. And some might say, I don't want any of that stuff. I want to, I want to decide what we order. So there's another real quick wrinkle if, if I'm not talking too long yet. The Martin dealership is not transferable. So somebody who wants to become a Martin dealer, this is a way to try it. But it's not a guarantee. You've got to basically pass the test with Martin. And Martin decides yes or no, we will or we will not bring them on as a Martin dealer. So I'll give you some time to talk here before I uh, spend all the tape in the studio. But that's the beginning of, of one of the outcomes. Well, that's fascinating. I hadn't uh, thought about that in terms of uh, what are they, how, what they're allowed to do where Martin is concerned. So you're saying, let's say it's me. Let's say I'm coming in and I'm interested in buying your business keeping the name and the website and you've retired from the business. Um, and so your name is at risk in terms of the reputation. So obviously you would want to stay involved somehow, um, either as a, you know, some sort of officer of the company, but as a silent partner or however you want to call it, but still be keeping your eye on making sure that Maury's music, uh, that your reputation, you know, 
remains high, I'm assuming. But you're telling me that I would buy the website and your name, and but I don't get your guitars, so because those are Martin guitars, and I'm not allowed to be a Martin dealer. So how does that work for me? Well, you're not automatically allowed to just by transfer. So you, what you'd have to do is, if you're not already a Martin dealer, which is option 1B, say it is you. You would have to go to Martin and say, I'd like to take this over. I'm going to have my operations in Brooklyn. And they would take into consideration your location. And are you competing with somebody too close? They won't open a new Martin dealership next door to one that's already established. They're going to have, it's a little bit territorial. Uh, do they like your ethics? And they'll they'll basically treat you as brand new. And you might even be a better fit for them than I ever was. Or you might be lousy. And for lots of different reasons. I, I won't go on record to tell you the criteria Martin's going to spell out. But Martin, what, what I'm saying is Martin doesn't just let me hand the next person, you, the Martin dealership for 2024. You've got to apply for it. So in that specific use case, you would, of course, be able to ask. And, and Martin has done this before where they've told a few people no, a few people yes. It's entirely a case-by-case -case basis. But it is one way for a somebody who wants to become a Martin dealer, this is a way to definitely get in. If Martin says yes, uh, I'm not going to be falsely modest. Boy, do you have a head start. Because if 20 years ago when we were starting, we could have either you know, went from selling bone saddles to strings to guitars and build it up brick by brick by brick. If you would have said to me, or here's the price you could basically buy elderly. You could basically buy Mandolin Brothers. Well, I would have, I mean, it wouldn't have been for me because we didn't have the money, but that's, that's the unique situation here. You can buy 20 years of goodwill and customer base, but you have to ask Martin if you want to become a Martin dealer. I see. So that, that makes sense. And, and so um, a similar scenario would be somebody who is already a Martin dealer uh, coming in and, and saying, we're not just going to absorb your inventory. We want your website and your uh, reputation. Um, and, but we're going to, let's say, we're, in, we're already established. And um, so somebody like Elderly Instruments, let's say, if Stan, Weber wanted to do that, um, but he wanted to keep you open as a separate entity and even say, well, we want to put you on the payroll and you're now going to become an employee um, and you're basically the person who's going to do the demo videos and all that. Then the, then the inventory would stay in Nazareth, wouldn't it? I mean, in Nazareth, in Coaldale. It certainly should, and that's a good example. And we're uh, this isn't tampering like in the NFL. We haven't talked to elderly. It's just a good example of a very, very reputable store that's got a, a, a an extremely long and, and well deserved reputation. If somebody that far away from Nazareth typically has their instruments shipped by pallet, you know, Monday through Friday, when they get new Martins, that's they have to travel that much of a distance. Maybe that company would also like to have a satellite store in Coldale. And I still go to Martin once a week. I still bring the guitars back in my van and take pictures, in-hand descriptions, YouTube videos, but I'm on the books with Elderly and I'm an employee. And in that specific situation, what I would like to do is you want to talk to somebody at Elderly about this guitar, they would ring me up and say, okay, that one's sold, box it up and ship it. And I, they can basically connect their customers with the guitars that ended up being here I would be the middleman and I would be the behind the camera person or the on camera person. But the big thing is you wouldn't be calling me 
for the advice or to ring you up at the register, that sort of thing would still be off my plate. So if I was able to do that, that's that's a home run for me. I mean, that's really letting me do what I want. It's getting me away from doing what I don't want to do after 20 years. And whether it's an established dealer like that, or maybe it's a, a dealer with deep pockets that wants to jump into this circus and do exactly that, but they're maybe they only buy a really small amount of Martins. They don't have a website. They don't have a YouTube presence. And this would basically uh, jumpstart all of that. So they're failure on me to not hash all these details out with you back channel before we do some kind of a list. But, you know, speaking entirely off the cuff, there are so many moving parts to this. I, I wonder what, let me ask you what you think. Do you think it's more likely somebody who's already uh, an established Martin dealer could benefit from that, from that scenario? Or would that more suit someone who's got a good business already, but not, not in with Martin yet? Well, that brings up multiple possibilities, but I had forgotten about one of the great advantages that you have is your proximity to Martin and that you're on a face-to-face, first-name basis with the people who live there and work there and you know, socially on, in some cases. And so you have a really good relationship with uh, the Martin uh, people and the ethos at Martin and you know, you're in good with them. And you're very close. So you can expect you inspect guitars before they're shipped, and you you know you literally go pick them up yourself, and so I think I you know, that hadn't thought about that. That I think could be very attractive for let's uh, let's start talking about Stan's company in Michigan and just talk about a hypothetical company that already has um, maybe it's a somebody whose business is about the size of your own, and maybe they're even bigger and maybe they use have multiple brands. I'm, that's a fascinating idea that maybe somebody in Texas, California, who knows, that has non-Martin brands that either is not a Martin dealer or is or is not a Martin dealer um, and would want to be, but have the advantage of having you as their Martin guy in Pennsylvania who can do what you do daily. But it's, in that case, it sounds like you're going to keep a chunk of your current job, what you're getting away from is the bookkeeping and having to worry about um, all the financial stuff and the taxes and all those stuff that, you know, that keeps you and Laurie up at night working on the financial aspect of it. And you would just become an employee of a bigger business. That's a very cool idea that I think somebody might very well want to go in for. Um, And then the if they're not already a dealer and maybe they're not even in the music business, but they would be interested in getting into the musical instrument business that would you know, still be willing to take on the uh, financial uh, aspects and in the background and, and invest in the business for you and possibly even expand it. While you uh, actually have a real job in the traditional sense where you once you're off the clock, you're really off the clock and, and Lori can retire or go into something else and you can continue being the face of uh, Moore's Music and handle the uh, expert in setups and all that. Those are two fascinating possibilities that hadn't even occurred to me. So what do you have to say about what I just said? Well, the more you describe all that, it sounds like I could just go work somewhere else. And I wonder if that would even be independent of selling the business. Of course, we're still going to sell the business, but 
would somebody really need to buy our business to hire me on? Ironically, say we, we have this for sale and January, February, March comes and it's still not sold, but I still, of course, own the building. We still own the Martin inventory. Uh, what would really stop someone in Texas, California, that city you talked about earlier, uh, from <laughs> having me do those sorts of things? It's just one spoke in this big wheel of whatever could happen. And, and maybe we're going to laugh hysterically in a year's time where what really did happen has nothing to do with all of our guesstimations. But I, I know that no one's going to come and do this for me. And no one's ever come up to me and said, you have a great store, but are you happy? Is this what you want to do? And I'm not going to wait until I'm 65 or 70 to explore. There's really no, no good reason for me to keep this shoulder to the wheel. And just, it's like, this is such a, I can't tell you how many times, and I promise this won't be a rant session because nobody wants to hear that, but I'll be in the middle of a very creative video or a, editing this podcast we're talking about and the phone's ringing off the hook and name whatever retail problem, whether it's valid or not. And sometimes it really isn't, m many times it is, but even the most valid issues are a distraction. And, you know, I, I saw a lot of people put a, a, a lot of really nice things on, on the forums and Facebook when I made this announcement. and. Uh, made the analogy about, you know, you want to play guitar, open a, open a guitar store. Well, the last thing you're going to be doing is playing guitars. You're going to be doing everything but. So this isn't even really that where I need to carve out another 20 hours a week to play the instrument. I do find time to play more than, than some people can. But I, I really feel like there has to be some kind of a fix out there where somebody wants to do the things I hate doing now and, and they would love to have a, a jump start. Uh, in in the actual business side of it, and you're, everything you're saying is making me think even more deeply about the other alternatives. But it's it's such a gray area. I I'm not pretending to not know where we're going with this. It's very fluid. Um, I'm really curious to see how quickly the first offer comes in and what they'll want to do. Frankly, well, uh, I can only imagine not having any experience in this uh, sort of thing. Uh, what the other options are available to you. I There's definitely people in the past who build up a business. The business was sold or taken over by a larger company or just, you know, that went public or, you know, and that, you know, incorporated or however that happens. And that person stayed on as the figurehead as the face of the company, did the TV commercials or what have you, but it was essentially had become a paid employee. And I'm sure there's many people can probably start uh, in the comments of on the YouTube version of this podcast can name, you know, half a dozen of them pretty easily. The unique aspect of this is you're not just a figurehead and a salesman. You, you know, you know so much about guitars and you you know an excellent you know demonstrator of guitars when you do your inventory program and you know and even your Martin versus Martin you're you know you're essentially demonstrating how great Martin guitars are as are as is Marshall so I could see why somebody could uh, say like you said this is already in place keep it in place take over you know and and take it over uh, on, from a business pro uh, you know side of things. And and go with it and expand it if you want to or stay, stay you know, keep the uh, course the way it is. And that you actually want to do that and that you, there's certain things you want to give up, but you would have no problem remaining um, 
the person who's doing the demos. And you even said, you know, driving to Martin uh, once a week to get guitars, you know, for the business. So that's fascinating. Let's talk about uh, what happens if either they want to buy the business, take it someplace else and change the name. Um, and so you're no longer associated with the actual business aspect of it. But you've mentioned you want to keep things going uh, in terms of your own internet presence and your own internet programs and, and a podcast like this. How are you imagining that playing out um, with Martins and Mora, obviously, is one. And um, so is Martins Vase Martin. And um, there could be other ideas for podcasts. And like uh, when Katie from Ecamm was on uh, the recent podcast, you have brought up the fact that she has a, her own podcast with her friends, with, with a friend where they just talk about movies from the 80s and 90s and that it has a, you know, a following. Um, there's, you know, there's all sorts of things. I think your fans who've been listening to you from the United States and, and Europe and elsewhere uh, would continue to us. Uh, you know, listen to your podcast. But how are you, you know, imagining the possibility of, of Maury's music as a name going away, somebody buying your business, absorbing it into their own business, or taking it off to some other state and changing it to Cal's music or Bob's music because they, they, they want to be the front guy. What do you think about that? And how would you, what, you know, what's the way forward there? If I get out of this the way I want to, and I can still do my podcast. I'm certainly not trying to continue Martins and Moore brought to you by Maury's music. If it can't say that anymore, it's going to be Martins and Moore brought to you by, you know, listener support or brought to you by Timex or whatever it's going to be. Uh, <laughs> I really think that, and, and it's, uh, somebody made a quick comment the other day. I hope you keep making music with Marshall. Well, try and stop me. I, I mean, I, if I do this <laughs> and I pull this off and I somehow don't, continue to be able to make music with guys like Marshall and you, uh, that's missing the entire point. So I, my thinking is fast forward to this is all over. I have a program on YouTube called Martin versus Martin. Uh, we simply don't put a Mari's music logo on it anymore. It never was, uh, the, the good thing about it, never making any money for Mari's music after all these years, I won't miss it when it's gone because it's not there. And, and frankly, it, it was never a, a vehicle to make any kind of profit it was, if I'm being really honest, Martin versus Martin was, hey, this stuff's already in my studio. I don't have any gigs now that it's the pandemic and I, I don't want to stop playing music. That's the least corporate or the least commercial product that I've been putting out since, uh, since we started live streaming. I know there's not a situation where that doesn't continue. Our podcast together, Mari and Spoon, again, it's we're going to have to take the Mari's music logo away from it. And it's... Again, this has not been a method to make money or nothing goes through Mari's music monetarily with Martins and more. Uh, that would just be another non-sponsored program to start. And then we would look into, believe me, we'd look into seeing how, how podcasters help pay the rent. We're not, I'm not expecting to uh, be compared to Joe Rogan, anything like that. But like you said, I'm sure we could put some, some things in motion on YouTube where a very small bit of ad revenue might pay part of the, the monthly hosting fees. And a lot of that stuff might, might maybe take a look at where can you cut corners. The other side of that is, wouldn't it be great if we become so successful at the podcast side of it, maybe putting Maury's music effort into podcasting 
you know, could bring some, uh, some things to fruition. I, I don't pretend to know that stuff, but if I can end up doing something during the week that allows me to do the parts of this job that I love, there's easily, it, it's easy to say that I'm going to have enough time carved out to keep doing two or three podcasts. The only podcast that really can't keep going after we sell through our inventory is a guitar store virtual tour of our current inventory because it won't be here. And then maybe that could morph into something else, but I'm, I'm blessed in the fact that a lot of people that I see in the comments of all those, of, of that program are also fans of mystery guitar on Tuesdays or Monday podcast and the Thursday concert. I hope I'm not wrong. I don't think losing my inventory is going to be losing a big chunk of our, our viewers on, uh, on the podcast. I, I could be wrong, but it's only once in a great while where somebody on Wednesday requests a song or somebody on Thursday requests a guitar. I, I do think, I wonder if, if you have an opinion about that. Do you think a lot of our clientele who come to our YouTube channel to see a demo of a guitar, do you think they are or are not likely to also be there Thursday for the concert and Monday for the podcast? That's an interesting question. I'd be curious to hear what our people listening to this podcast would have to say about that. I do know there are people that uh, listen to all three or watch your, you know, the, the YouTube video versions of these things. And, and I do know, you know, do they, do they see all three of them or listen to all three of them um, every week? Uh, probably not. But, you know, I know, you know, I both know there are people over in England and places like that that look very forward to uh, our podcasts and and uh, listen to the podcast, but also you know they will mention to me uh, things uh, you know that some song that Marshall played, um, and that's not just people in England. People you know across the country will that I know will mention something that you guys played some night when some week that uh, you know I didn't get to see Martin's Braces Martin. So I do know that you know that definitely happens. Um, how many people come to the inventory? show that aren't interested in buying a guitar right now i don't know because there's a you know we have many friends who already have their guitars but you know very well we have many friends from the unofficial martin guitar forum who <laughs> it's be fair to say um in the words of their significant others have a problem <laughs> <laughs> and never stop buying guitars so uh you know, if that was the only uh, podcast that went away, and maybe Mystery Guitar, since that also tends to come from your, you know, if I don't know how many you personally own and how many I personally own, but between the two of us, we would probably run out of Mystery Guitars pretty quickly if we weren't using your inventory. Um, but uh, well, it's going to become Mystery Guitars for Dummies. It's one of three. You know. <laughs> Which one is it this time? Um, <laughs> So that's, those are all very interesting questions. And so I'm excited about that prospect. I'm excited about the prospect of, of what's going to be new for you in the future um, if the business goes away completely for you and, you, and you, know, you and Lori end up finding jobs, you know, someplace else, robbing banks or, you know, or uh, working as a bank teller. But, um, Not that again. <laughs> but... Um, I know you make it, you know, you keep an immaculate lawn and an immaculate swimming pool. I could see you becoming uh, basically somebody's cabana boy, uh, <laughs> the Coldale cabana boy, and just go around to different people's homes. But uh, That's a great name. <laughs> the Coldale cabana boy, a.k.a. the Coldale cabana boy. 
and as for as for uh, Mr. Rogan, uh, you should certainly be compared because I think uh, I'd be curious to know how many of our listeners think that Seth Rogan actually it looks like a combination of looks like Maury but with my hair. Seth Rogan or Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan, sorry. <laughs> let me let me think about which worse there. Hold on one second. All right, I'll I'll put that on the back burner. While I'm thinking of that, do you have any other questions for me? Well, I could ask you uh, a variety of questions. Um, I might even ask you twenty questions if it's my turn to ask twenty questions. <laughs> I believe it is. I can't wait. This is the easy part of today's program. I'll never stop wanting to do this, by the way. So, yes, well, 20 questions is on this podcast. And if we forgot to mention it, this is the last episode of this season, by the way. And um, this will be the last 20 questions for this season. And this time around, the wise guy, which is me, is going to have to ask 20 questions to figure out what Martin Guitar, the smart guy, which is Mari, is listening to in his brain. And I'm picturing one of those videos of uh, Homer Simpson where they go in and they show his brain. <laughs> and it'll show like a, from some, some ancient cartoon, a, a horse or a billy goat playing a guitar. And so what <laughs> Martin Guitar is the billy goat in Mari's brain playing today i get 20 questions to figure that out and uh, up to three of those guesses of questions uh will be a possible martin model <laughs> so does the swami have a martin guitar in mind he does and just to circle back my dad's favorite version of that with homer was the the post-it note i owe you one brain god <laughs> <laughs> God. Signed, God. <laughs> 20 questions on the clock and go. Well, I will open with my usual uh, opening question. Is this guitar made in Nazareth, Pennsylvania? Yes. Is this guitar made in the Dreadnought Body Shops? No. Is this guitar the 0028? No. Oh, phew. I just it just popped into my brain of if I was trying to stump more with a Nazareth guitar, which one would I pick? Um, You're down to two more modeled guesses. <laughs> wow, Coach spent an early time out. Wow, it's only <laughs> one minute to the third quarter. <laughs> so okay, I have two guesses, and we have three questions out of the way. Is this guitar made with rosewood back and sides? No. Is this guitar made with the traditional triple O double O body depth? Yes. Is this guitar a long scale guitar? No. Is this guitar a member of the standard series? No. Seven questions down. Is this guitar a member of the Modern Deluxe series? No. Is this guitar have a spruce top? Uh, yes. Has to look it up. Or did I? 
has to look it up. <laughs> is this guitar a artist signature model? No. Ten question. Is this guitar a limited or special edition? Yes. Does this guitar contain Forest Stewardship Council approved materials? Yes. Does this guitar have one of Robert Getzel's paintings on the top? Robert Getzel, Robert Getzel, Robert Getzel, yes. Um, and hopefully he just paid Michael some more money. Oops. <laughs> Is this... No, wait, 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 wait. This is a Robert Getzel, but it's not long scale. Holy smokes, which one could it be? Oh, you're going to stump me because... Is this guitar the OM Earth? There's no such thing as an OM Earth. Really? No. It's a triple O Earth? <laughs> 17 questions, no. Oh, come on. You're, you're sticking me for not remembering the name of the model. Um, Wasn't well, that the game? Yeah, well, yes, but you know what I mean. I know what model it is now, and I can't remember what it's called. Relax. Is you it? have three more questions. <laughs> uh, uh, it's not Rare Earth. That was the name of the pickup that those guys used. Now, wait a second. Uh, it's not a triple O. It's not an OM. I I'm confusing with an OM. What on earth is it? Okay, so it is the Robert Getzel Earth guitar, but it's not an OM, and it is not a triple O, and it is not can't it's not definitely not an O. So I'm going to say, is it is it the double O L Earth? Whew. Well, if I wasn't a double O Earth, I was going to say double O Earth. So I can't believe I forgot all about this. I mean, why did I think it was an OM? Did he have an OM, environmental OM thing? At Wait, some point? do you mean the OM biosphere that you got me with three months ago? Ah, that's why I was getting them mixed up. It was the OM uh -huh. biosphere. That's exactly what I was thinking. Here it is. Hold on. I found it. Officially, it's discontinued. Do you have this? Uh, do you have one of these in stock? Yes, we do. We have two of them. Okay, well, 100% FSC certified. And beautiful, amazing photo of the sunrise coming up over the earth and uh, with a cloud-covered piece of land and sea. Uh, really beautiful, uh, Robert, to this amazing, amazing uh, painting for it. Uh, so paling back and sides, high-performance taper, does not have onboard electronics. I, have, I, I must say, I got them totally confused. So I'm now looking at the specs. Gorgeous. It's perfect, like high, high-end Sapele. Perfectly straight-grained, very high-contrast banding on it. And uh, people should go to the website and check this thing out. Beautiful-looking uh, guitar made entirely of Forest Stewardship Council Woods. And I know that means a lot to a lot of people. And I remember a young lad from Germany that I had met in the, uh, he just happened to be there on a NAM day with all the models were there. And he was picking up on vacation with his parents, teenager or very early 20s kid, 
um, was picking up a custom shop Martin that he had ordered with entirely, uh, you know, environmentally protection-based materials and was very, very happy about it. And even didn't want to do a nut and saddle uh, made of bone because he didn't want an animal product either. He wanted uh, entirely um, uh, FSC stuff. And, and, uh, you know, I thought that was very cool uh, that he did that. But anyway, um, cool guitar, uh, the long double uh, O, so it's a slope shoulder, so it's actually larger than a double O and smaller than a triple O in terms of the cubic space. But it's uh, really cool uh, guitars and same body size they used for the CEO 7. So you almost got me. 18 questions, plenty of questions to spare. Yeah, I didn't even mean to say L, I meant to say double O. And then uh, L just came out because I'm so used to saying double O L. So. Even that was lucky, but then I would have said double O L on the twentieth question if I hadn't gotten that on double O. Well, if you asked me to describe that round, I wouldn't have used the word lucky. <laughs> I was sweating. I was sweating there. I was sweating there. Like Skip versus Shannon Shop. Shannon Shop. What are you laughing at, Skip? <laughs> That's what we should do. We should do one of those fake argument shows. People love that stuff. We'll just oh, pick, yeah. pick a topic and, and have contrary opinions about it. The season four pilot, Rosa versus Mahogany, <laughs> Skip Bayless versus Shannon Sharp. And I'll keep calling you Skip by accident. Since we're closing out season three with this podcast, let's have a trivia question. What was the topic of our very first Martin and Moore episode? Martin 15 series. Very good. Very good. That's right. We did, uh, we, we went through basically all the series. Uh, so if you haven't listened to all those podcasts, you may be interested in that. And there may be some models that are no longer available that are mentioned in that uh, first series where we went through the 15 series and 16 series and road series and X series and standard series and modern deluxe series and authentic series. <laughs> and, um, you know, and if you and if your trivia question was, what was Spoon's favorite uh, television series of all time? When it comes to broadcast television, I'm not sure I even remember. Um, I know as a kid we watched all in the family a lot together as a family and Mash, but I might even say Combat, which was my favorite series when I was a little kid. But I've watched it later on, and it's pretty boring. But um, <laughs> but what, what was your favorite TV series growing up? Did I miss something? Did I ask you that? No, <laughs> but I have to say my all-time favorite TV series has to be The Simpsons. There, I'll say. Okay. Oh, that's mine too. Yeah, I knew that. Oh, yeah. That's why I, I well, headed you off at the pass. One of the things we had in common when we first met up. That's right. Thank you, Homer. <laughs> All right. So it's almost time to wrap this thing up, and I don't hear the music yet, but it, I know it's coming around the corner. There is one question that. I would be surprised if somebody hasn't already asked this question somewhere online, whether it's in the comments of this program on YouTube or in an email to you and an email to me. A lot of my friends have asked me already, check this out. I'm just going to throw it at you, depending on how the sale goes and how this whole thing shakes out and everything you and I have done together in 20 plus years that just adds up to the obvious question, which one of us is going to work at Martin first? Ah, uh, yes. Well, wouldn't that just be the way? I would. Ha- I will have to say it would be you, because uh, you could actually commute there. 
<laughs> oh, I guess they do cyber stuff these days, don't they? I forgot about that. But, well, I'd have to say I've never, you know, people have said, why you should work for Martin. Well, the, the answer has always been, if I was a Martin employee, then I would not be able to, uh, I would not be able to always offer my genuine opinion of Martin products and Martin uh, business practices and all that when I write my reviews. And so I would have to put to rest a one man's guitar, at least so far as doing uh, guitar reviews, because not, you know, it'd also be a conflict of interest if I'm ever reviewing somebody's Taylor or Bourgeois or Huston Dalton, you know, instrument or, you know, something like that. So they would have to, they would have to offer me a pretty amazing package. They would have to give me an offer I couldn't refuse uh, from before I could work for Martin. You, on the other hand, have been a Martin dealer, and I'm sure there's a mop and bucket with your name on it uh, <laughs> back in the uh, <laughs> back in the sawmill. Oh. <laughs> I'm afraid of that too, but no, check it out. I, I mean, really being totally transparent, I think a lot of what you just said rang true a lot more five years ago and 10 years ago when you, and I don't want to speak for you, this is where I want to ask you, you might have had different aspirations for your website. You certainly had, you were tied into Mari's Music and not an employee of ours, but I mean, independent contractor would definitely, I think that's the right way to describe it, where if you're no longer doing videos for Mari's Music, and maybe at the front of this episode, you did say you don't make a ton of income from the one man's, and I know that's not why you do it, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot to disrupt would it not be the weirdest thing uh, for you and I to to stroll up there some Monday dressed nice and say, listen, we're coming in together. Let's figure this whole thing out. I haven't thought of it in, in the most sincere way, but I'll tell you, you know, if, if I can't do this job at Mari's Music going forward and I don't get to enjoy to do it for someone else, I'm going to try freelance first, totally hypothetically, if Martin would say, listen, you've done it for Martin for 20 years just under the umbrella of your store – why don't you just start doing it for us? I would, I would have to take a, a long look at that. And again, I, I don't know if it would be in the building or remote, but I sort of don't want to go anywhere without you now. So I want to kind of bring you on board with the idea as well. <laughs> well, you could certainly pitch it to them. You know, I have to say, uh, the uh, the current president, uh, Thomas, uh, was very, uh, very nice to me when we met. I was, you know, I was brought over to being introduced to him by Mike Dickinson and Thomas already clearly recognized me, knew me very well and had nothing to, but really nice things to say about me and about uh, the article I wrote for the journal um, regarding uh, his, uh, you know, his interest in, in, uh, in environmental sustaining materials and, you know, and that sort of thing. And, and uh, you know, and the, and the model that he, his, his CEO model, as it were, and um, so that was, you know, that was very flattering. But it really, uh, you know, I mean, none of that stuff's ever come up. Nobody at Martin has ever approached me about that other than when uh, somebody in the marketing department asked if they could, if I would be willing to finagle my review into an article for their uh, website, uh, well, for their journal, and, and then, you know, approach me again about writing another article for them. So as a journalist, um, you know, and that's what they do. They basically just hire freelance journalists to write those articles and from around the country. And so that was very, you know, flattering. They wanted me to do that too. But anyway, I, you know, never occurred to me. So good luck with that. I don't see what, I, I think it would be a great idea 
if if Martin uh, hired you as an employee in some uh, in some respect. So so if you're listening out there, uh, you know Thomas, Fred, give me the bucket, uh, Jeff, you know the the uh, the the multi-headed uh, entity at the top of Martin. Uh, you may want to consider this guy. You'll certainly get a good uh, reference from me when it comes to honesty, integrity, and uh, and uh, hard work ethic. So, so whatever you choose to do or end up doing, I'm sure you'll, uh, you know, you'll make it a great success. And, and I'm really hoping um, that someone buys the, uh, buys the business and keeps you as the figurehead and hires me as the occasional more attractive spokesmodel. <laughs> I'm just wondering now, still thinking about before, do you think Mike Dickinson needs an assistant? Ooh, ah, well, I don't know if I'm going to get all those shots that it takes to go walk around in the jungle with him. And I saw his spider bite. So uh, that one time that... No, he... not you and me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, be sure to send a postcard and, uh, <laughs> and don't drink the water. <laughs> well, don't drink the water and don't forget, this is the last episode of season three. I know it's sad. We're going to take a month off or even a little more depending on what happens, but... Uh, we're going to give you guys some time to go back and catch up on any episode that you might have missed. Maybe some of your favorite episodes needed a second spin. And again, if you found value here, maybe you found it entertaining, please consider giving us a review over at Apple Podcasts. We might even read your review on the air. Doug Paget writes, I love this podcast. From the whimsical banter to the high-level minutiae of Martin Guitars, not only do I feel entertained, but enlightened. Thank you so much, Doug. We really appreciate that. And I really, really hope you'll find that season four is even season fourer than season three. Well, I hope so too. And I would say, you know, maybe we will come back and, and do a uh, official Christmas show like people like to do. And we can sit there and that'll be the introduction of our uh, Shannon and Skip version, uh, you know, <laughs> argument show where we can sit there and debate what is really the best uh, parts of It's a Wonderful Life. Well, Spoon, you know what the music means. I think it's time we head over to Martinis and get ourselves some <laughs> hard liquor. I serve hard drinks guys that want to get drunk fast or whatever it was that Nick says. But okay, <laughs> well, this has been fun. It's uh, It's been a fun 20 years for me. You're the one who did all the hard work, so... So uh, good luck with it all, and I'll see you next season on Martins and More. From all of us at Maury's Music, thanks for listening. Hear you later. This has been a presentation of Maury's Music, your trusted source for Martin and Blue Ridge guitars. Find us online at maurysmusic.com. <laughs>